Good morning, Lisa. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks, Mark. How are you? Um, stuck inside, not quite self-isolating just yet, but... Um, are you wearing Are you wearing a superhero mask? <laughs> I'm, I've got my spandex superhero outfit on, but no mask just yet. I'll, I'll save that for when it's really needed. <laughs> Goodness me, yes. Here's a nice thought no, know, for everyone listening. So listen, we're, we're in funny times right now, and it's all a little bit sort of... People aren't quite sure what's going to be happening, how things are going to work, uh, how they're going to go to work and what have you. So um, just for the listeners, I've, we've just decided to do a sort of a bit of an impromptu podcast on the pandemic that's sort of hitting the world right now and how it's affecting us and how it's affecting sort of our professional lives as well. I think obviously we've had a bit of a crazy week all around the world, a crazy couple of weeks. I know over in Australia, it's been here for about three weeks now. People have been fighting over toilet rolls already, um, but it's just starting to ripple through definitely over here. And you'll have to tell me about the UK and how this pandemic now officially a pandemic from the 11th of March is kind of rippling through businesses, but more so we thought we'd do an impromptu one for the creative industries because that's a bit more keep keep it relevant for now so in terms of a pandemic um i just sort of look up what the definition of a pandemic was and a pandemic refers to a disease um that it has it's more about its geographical spread than it opposed to the actual disease so, like more people seem to be calling it covid19 than corona whereas at first it kind of seemed a little bit more light-hearted to call it corona so i think even in terms of words and terminology calling it covid19 seems so much more serious I don't, and I don't, what does the 19 mean? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to Google that one later. That's really unprepared of us. Yeah, it does, it does sound a bit more serious when you start adding numbers in there. So what I thought would be quite cool, good, Lise, is to have a quick talk about um, how it's affecting us on our personal lives. I mean, you know, how you're having to adjust right now. Because with you being in Sydney and me being in the UK, um, obviously we're sort of hearing possibly different things in the news. I know it's affecting each country slightly differently and the governments are telling us similar things I guess in both countries but um, what how is this affecting you personally well look in the in the real world um, the biggest difference was that um, my mom traveled over here before this all kicked off and now she's probably stationed here for longer than we actually planned <laughs> so there's actually been that um, I mean it's good it's great it means that I've got family near to me rather than being stuck in the UK um, isolated over there um, but in terms of from a work perspective you and I have both been self-employed for a little while. Um, so in terms of all it's really done is slow down. We're used to working remotely. I mean, I use a shared workspace. At the moment, that's still open. Um, and the agencies and people that I've been working with, the ones where they've got bigger offices and most people that I know in the industry that are with agencies have told people to work from home for two weeks where possible. So most people have closed down here now. Um, but it's to be honest, you notice it more from the bigger parts of the businesses. So it's more the food courts that are around here, the eateries, the restaurants, cinemas are talking about closing. So actually, and they're all things that from a creative person's point of view are really important. But in terms of from the work point of view, it hasn't, if I'm honest, massively affected me. Um, other than people are going a little bit nervous in terms of gifting out more work or new work and new projects. But I actually had a couple that I was taking on with that are still ongoing and they're not they're not really affected by anything that will slow them up. They need to keep going and, and people are able to work on it remotely. Um, how about you? Because I know it's kind of affected you a little bit in terms of the agency side. Yeah, well, I think on a personal level, um, 
as you guys are certainly you least know as a very keen gym girl my biggest worry is gyms closing right now we're okay so um i'm sort of happy days for me but if those gyms start to close i'll be out there sort of hitting my head against a brick wall wondering what to lift just lift ones to lift heavy weights um <laughs> you'd be lift, lifting the kids around yes, but yeah, not totally with it, your gym it. thing like so far, the one thing that's being um, completely kept open is the gym. Thank yeah, goodness. that's right. I mean, but you know, in terms of the obvious things, you've got sort of um, nipping down to the the grocery stores, and the, I mean, I was just in Sainsbury's this morning, and every time I go in, it's the the aisles are emptied as quickly as they're being filled, um, and their people are they're terming it as panic buying, which kind of. I understand to a certain extent, but I also sort of see it as being quite a selfish um, act on many people's uh, what they're up to. But you kind of understand when you've got young children, you think, listen, you're going to look after your family and you're going to try and survive as best you can. And people don't know exactly how long people are going to be locked away for and how long the stores are going to be open for and how long the sort of supply chains are going to continue. Um, so, yeah, on a personal level, when there's a young baby in the house, Obviously, we're conscious about um, making sure that he's got a sort of regular um, food coming into the house as well. So, there you do have those concerns, and we're sort of I wouldn't we're not certainly not not stockpiling. We don't have the space to stockpile. That's the other thing. Um, we've got a freezer the size of a shoebox, so stockpiling doesn't. It's only about four chicken breasts. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like I've actually um, I was reading a story today about someone who's bought. A- more freezers to be able to fill them full of food and it's just creating a huge ripple and panic effect of this kind of pantry buying pantry buying very good not panic buying pantry buying like it <laughs> not everyone can do that though you know not everyone has the budgets to go out and buy excess food and it's and it's just not necessary like the government is reassuring people and i truly believe that we're not going to run out of toilet rolls for the you know for forevermore it will start to change the way in which people live and go about their lives and even sourcing their their foods people will possibly start to use local community um, food shops and butchers and what have you more so than the sort of big chain because they can't get their supply chains are I'd imagine start to slow up so yeah I mean in terms of personal life and how it's affecting me personally obviously the biggest things like it's affecting everyone right now is um, a little bit of concern about how things are going to move forward on a professional level um, really starting to see the impact at the moment um, yesterday I heard that a lot of the agencies that I do or have done a lot of work in the past with are starting to close up and sending their staff home to work from home now that presents, presents its own challenges because a lot of agencies are set up so they have their creative teams in one space, in one room, and they don't, they're not well-versed and well-practiced in working in a sort of, in an environment where people are working in separate silos almost and having to sort of reconvene, I don't know, let's say it once a day for a rebrief or a briefing on something. Um, so, and obviously presenting to clients and how you get a, get this across to clients, because normally we go and present in person, have big presentations. How that's going to sort of work, I'm, I'm not sure. And I think the key thing as well about agencies is that whilst you and I are used to, like we're of an experience now where we can work in teams and we can work remotely or we can work independently. But a lot of agencies are set up where you've got, you know, from junior designers right through to senior designers and creative directors. And it's about that 
connection and communication on a day-to-day level. Like, yeah, I've got a friend who owns a big agency here, Holzbosch, and he was saying he's making quite a lot of, you know, how are we going to cope with this? Because we still need to get work out, or albeit people won't be demanding as much. But yeah, like you say, presenting to clients who aren't used to you doing it via Skype or, or you know, remotely, it's going to completely change the way we think about work presentations. And the other thing as well, with a lot of these agencies, um, they will be closing up shop. Now in the UK, there's um, something which is not really um, connected. In fact, it's not connected at all to um, the global pandemic. But the HMRC, from April this year, setting up um, an IR35 concern for all freelancers, which I'll go into the details in that shortly. But um, what's happening is a lot of agencies are stripping back their contracts and freelancer um, resources um, and using more of their full-time staff so freelancers are really starting to feel a bit of a hit or were in the last few weeks because agencies have been pre-preparing themselves for um, this bit from the start of April um, where big agencies are starting to maximizing their full-time staff and reducing their their freelance staff so freelancers are having a there's less of a role for the requirement for them so there's fewer jobs out there for the freelancers and off the back of that of course you've got the impact of the coronavirus where a lot of agencies are sending their staff home anyway so there's little work out there for the freelancers and the contractors so for myself who does a bit of both freelancing work contract work and with my own work I am starting to see this sort of quite heavily and I'm almost having to think okay for the next couple of months to rethink things a little bit and having to sort of tighten up the belts somewhat but what I do think, and I'm going to come at it with my optimistic head on here now, um, and I, I would never necessarily call myself a freelancer because I think that's, I mean, over the history, freelancer had, freelancers have always had that you go into an agency and you get the, the naff bits of work that no one wants to do because you're not part of the core team. So I like I go into agencies and help them work with their kind of their what's and their why's and, and get some great creative work done. So I'd never necessarily put myself in a bracket as a freelancer, especially not over the last six months since I've started my own business. But um, but the one thing I think about this optimistic futures part, which is something we discussed actually in the trend talk when we talked about everyone was really excited about 2020 and what it's going to bring and rebuilding the world with Lego and things like that, is that all of your restrictions that are coming through on freelancers, well, this is actually getting people to think differently about freelancers because they're going to have to use them. Everyone's going to have to develop an ability to work remotely. So maybe that comes to a point where they're going to start trusting collaboration with freelancers and independent suppliers as opposed to using their core team all the time. If someone is better at the job, use them rather than saying, I actually think it completely, it could turn the ruling that you've just got over there in the UK on its head. Um, and people will be a bit more flexible. I mean, it, before this craze started, actually, last week, someone reached out to me about doing some work for them remotely, where previously their company rulings were, we cannot use people unless they are in the building. So it's actually opened opportunities to go, well, we can use anyone now. So if you're good at what you do and you are a passionate and you've got what we need as a business to work with, we'll give you a try. And then once you've passed that barrier of they've given you a shot and you're good at it, or you tick their boxes and you work well together, it's kind of opening doors. I think the initial I think the initial hit of it will be big for freelancers and for businesses, but I think longer term it could be beneficial. I think it really can be it can be beneficial, not it could be, it can be, because it's forcing us to rethink the way we view work and working remotely. I think just to really touch on it, um, the IR35 um, 
battle, if you like, that the freelancers have to contend with at the moment here in the UK is, I mean, just to summarise effectively, from 6th of April this year, uh, every work project that a freelancer receives has to be put through something like an IR35 filter classification set it by the HMRC. And the whole idea behind it is it's been set up to catch what people... Uh, what the HMRC, for example, are terming as disguised employment, where um, they're looking to limit or restrict um, tax avoidance or sort of contractors paying less compared to their sort of full-time counterparts. Essentially, you've got a double hit here of um, initially, and I do agree it will change. I think we're going to have to adapt anyway, and the government may have to rethink what they're proposing here on this IR35, where people will have to... Um, or companies will have to start looking to use freelancers because the full-time employees are effectively going to be working as like a freelancer. This is strangely enough. I'm going back to what we we're saying, how it's affecting us, how this coronavirus is affecting our personalised and professional lives. It's, it's affecting everyone on every level, not just the creative industry, but every other industry is, is going to feel this impact. Well, I think I think at the moment we just everyone is in everyone is in a state of kind of um, kind of paralysis, I suppose, as it takes hold and how they deal with it. Um, and people are anxious; they're feeling isolated; they're worried about the risk. So I think at the minute we're at the the state where the panic issue is still really big. Um, and I think what it does do um, is amidst this outbreak, is it gives brands the opportunity to do something good. It's it's making us rethink our core values. Like I've been talking a lot in our podcast recently about core values and working out what yours are and mind being trust, transparency and can-do attitudes. And I think of all the industries, the creative industry is one that our job is to solve problems, to make people's lives easier or better or provide something that doesn't exist. So it's we're good at change and we're good at thinking in new ways. And this is almost, this is where we should all rise in the end of it initially it won't be i think initially the panic and the um you know the the initial reaction to it people will feel isolated people will feel anxious and in our industry that's important we work better together Uh, whether we're freelance or whether we're in a company you and i both love to work with people it's it's you know it's in us in the short term people are going to be worried about their um immediate sources of income you know people are going to have there are people who are going to be um having to self-isolate and they will be having to take sick pay and statutory sick pay at that people will be worried about that and how long that goes on for i knew i think we were talking before about how certainly in australia but i think the uk over 70s they're looking to potentially having to ask them to self-isolate for periods of up to three months which sounds you know 12 weeks for these poor people to be trapped inside but moving on to your point, I think after the initial impact of how we're going to work, what's going to happen, how we're going to sort our income out, things will have to adjust and people will have to sort of align themselves according to what their income is and what savings they've got, yada, yada. But the fresh thinking, which I love that you were talking about, about it, is, it is quite exciting because we're going to have to adapt. We're going to have to start thinking about new products and services and brands that are going to sort of allow us to sort of fit within this new realm and the way in which we think and have to work. Um, and I think there's going to be a sort of a new working from home format, which is going to sort of come out of this, which is going to become a standard. We were talking before about Zoom, for example, the using Zoom for uh, conference calling. I think there's going to be new brands and new products in that realm as well. But just 
things like that are going to grow. I think they will all over the place, won't they? Because everything that we're used to and that we know is changing at a rate of knots. And, and at the, I mean, the exciting thing amidst this chaos for me is that I don't know what the answers to all of this are. I don't know how everyone's going to react, but it's going to force us to think in different ways and solve problems in different ways. And that's exciting. Someone spoke about in the UK, um, pensioners being isolated for up to three or four months or whatever, and that's terrible. Well, in all honesty, pensioners have felt lonely and isolated for a long time. So what this is doing is actually shining a light on some of the problems that have been there a long time. Um, Same with the anxiety. People are feeling anxious. They're worried. They're fearful about the climate. That's no different when it's obviously on a grander scale, but when a company makes mass redundancies, people feel exactly the same. But what we're doing is we're addressing these issues and we're looking at it from a more emotive um, context. And then how, how do we solve that? How do we make people feel connected? I know today here in Sydney, there's a Sydney startups that I'm part of and someone sent out a video to everyone saying at 11 o'clock every morning this week of the workday, those of you that are working from home, we're going to, we've made a zoom group. We're going to zoom in and we're going to have a coffee break together. So you're not allowed to go out and have a coffee in big groups of people, but we're getting people together to sit there. We're going to chat. We're going to talk nonsense as if we were really in the office to connect people anyone's welcome to join and it started off yesterday and three people did it and then today 20 people did it I didn't have time to do it but it's it's just a nice little incentive that you go people are going to have to find new ways to connect and for so long we've seen all of these we've used technology for a long time and it's disconnected people now we're going to have to use it to somehow pull people together and I don't think it's all that scary for people in our industry. The scary bit is how it's going to affect short term. But having to change and learn new ways to do things is probably less scary for us. I think so. We Because that's part of our day-to-day job is rethinking and way in which products and services structure themselves. And we try and optimize things. And guess what we do? We're optim- optimizers, optimistic optimizers, I guess, in a weird sort of way. But that's what we have to do. And I think it's exciting in terms of like we spoke about people being optimistic about 2020. And I know that's kind of, well, look, everything's everything's been cancelled for 2020 at the moment. Like we've got a whole great big list of all the big events, Vivid Sydney, um, you know, football, which I'm absolutely gutted about, um, is that the premiership's on hold and all of these things are just paused button. And it feels like this is forcing people generally to pause everything. But I think on the outset of that, it's a really exciting to draw on that Lego Um, rebrand again of let's rebuild the world and it's almost like we'd be able to start from scratch because people are pausing I mean China's just rebuilding now we were talking today a little bit about the creative industries and how um, product design has been massively affected because in all honesty so many things are made in China China's been on pause for a long time now and now it's coming out of it but the ripple effect blends through so if you're in a product design industry you're probably in a worse case than if you're in like a graphic or a user experience design user experience design will absolutely thrive I think in this because we've got to think about how people connect and unite in so many different ways now it's been growing anyway but so I think it's about all of the our different industries getting together to solve some of this I do feel for a lot of those people um certainly I only feel for everyone right now if I'm honest but but people within the travel industry when I live in uh, southwest London and I haven't heard an aeroplane go over in the skies for the probably well at least the last three or four days i mean it's really quiet down so i know that 
British Airways, for example, are really struggling. And listen, listen, we're going to need to be helped out by the government here massively because this is affecting everyone within travel. And I think the government, that's, that's kind of what people at the moment, you can't blame the pandemic for what's going on. It's, it's not a thing you can blame. So people will start to, once they get through the anxiety and the fear, they'll start to move through the emotions. It's kind of like when you go through a divorce or a redundancy or something, I guess. You go through your emotions, you're kind of scared, you're terrified, you're anxious, but then they're going to get angry. And the only people they can really get angry at is the governments if they don't react properly. Um, And so I think it's about them supporting, like you say, the travel industry, but even the culture industry, you know, like people were saying, what if you were working on the bridge climb here in Sydney? You're all of a sudden out of a job. No one's going. Museums are closed. Big anything. All of the people even involved in events management, which is also a creative part of our creative network, is all of the events are being cancelled. So what are these people going to do? Everything that was part of their life for the next 12 months is changing. And in that change, how are we going to react to it? What are we going to do to solve it? And the forefront of that is our governments that we look to to provide investment, to provide funding and support for people. I know that you have probably had it there as well, the amount of emails or even from banks saying we realize this is a difficult time for everyone we're making these i know the government here has said um, for self-employed people you'll get different tax breaks so you'll still have to you know make your tax payments but you know there's going to be a delay on how much people demand from you in a period of time it's giving people time time is the big kind of word for me of over all of this and it's, it's time and opportunity longer term but for a lot of people though they, 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 that time issue is a big thing because people like to know right when when is it going to end and there's a constant question that no one can answer is when's this all going to rectify and when when are we going to be sort of on the sort of upturn and strangely enough today in fact yesterday the weather in the uk started to show a bit of um a blue sky and starting to warm up a little bit noticing people's spirits yesterday being lifted by the weather alone was quite interesting and uh, long may that continue but hopefully with the sort of the rise in the temperatures here that something will i don't know slow up the impact of the virus it's true and I, and I do think yeah people kind of underestimate the power of positivity don't they in terms of like we were in, um I was talking to um a group of friends the other day and they're like oh well if you don't think you're going to get it that's not saying you're not going to get it but you're less likely to contract disease or you know viruses and things if you go oh, I'm likely to get a cold and it'd be interesting actually because it's the opposite here in that winter is coming it's not it's It's been a bit rainy and stuff this week. But, you know, the worry is that actually Australia will take longer than the UK to recover from it because we're just coming into winter. Sure, winter's not as bad as it is in Europe, but that also doesn't kill off viruses because it's not cold enough. It's not cold enough to kill them, um, but it's not warm enough for people to be optimistic and boosted and like looking after their immune systems. Yeah, that's very true. And that's the other thing, actually, thinking about what the... Just going back to what we were originally talking about, the impact of what it's like to go down to your local grocery store and seeing what's being stripped off the shelves. At first, it was the weird things, like people sort of stocking up on their toilet rolls. But now you can see people, there's never, paracetamol, is, people have been stockpiling paracetamol, obviously thinking, well, if, if we do get a virus, surely paracetamol is going to help us in some way. 
I, if it does, do I you know the know. things that had gone here tonight? The the store had sold out of oranges and lemons, which obviously people are going. It boosts your immune system. Of course, yes. Because <laughs> of the vitamin C. Yeah. So there's no oranges and lemons in our local Coles store. <laughs> Goodness me. It, like, it just at least it forces people to understand. I think we spoke a little bit as well, and I think that's something we can touch on. What brands and what industries do we think are going to do well out of this? And we spoke about today, like Netflix must be killing it right now, and anything in that realm, you you spoke about online gaming um at which i actually mentioned to my mom generally in conversation today and she said oh, so a lot more people are going to get addicted addicted to internet shopping addicted to online gambling addicted to online gaming and i went yeah but there's also those videos where you've got people you've got adults putting their legs different sides so a kid can skip over them so there's people will solve problems to keep like people going crazy at home with kids are solving problems in really weird ways what was that, sorry about adults skip putting their legs on well, like, there's, there's a few I could share them on TikTok, which is really sad that I'm into TikTok. But some of the videos of people going, when you start going crazy at home with kids, and there's a parent sat there on a sofa, and the kids jumps one side of their feet, and they move their seat to the other side, their feet to the other side, and they jump over it as if it's like a, you know, because you can't, if you can't go to the schoolyard or the swings and stuff like that, they're almost making DIY gym equipment or for their kids just to get the activeness out of the kids because I can't imagine what it must be like with like you know if you had like nine-year-olds at home or something running around and they can't go to school and you can't go out and you're meant to self-isolate like you'd be going absolutely mental so it's actually interesting rather than going because I know there's a tendency definitely in the UK for people to go just play on the computer or just watch the television Um, and there's some real nice creative ways that actually social media has a benefit in this because it you look at some of these things and go that looks like fun and so it's bringing out the fun in the crisis. Yeah, there, there is that. I mean, interestingly enough, you're talking about schooling. I mean, how has that been impacted in Sydney? Are schools still open to the students or have they closed up? Some, of, some are. So most universities um, and colleges have closed so people can work from home. But I think that's more because you have more overseas travellers and things like that and international students. But schools, it's on a discretionary thing at the moment. So some schools have closed, but I definitely know at least three or four of them around me are still open. And they've just telling people if you've traveled overseas or if you've come into contact with, you know, the viruses. And and what it's doing is just everyone is just educating on how to wash hands, cleanliness. Like I did a yoga class today. We wiped every single mat and piece of equipment down. And people, you know, rather than just rushing off out the room, it's actually forcing people to do what we're supposed to do normally. It's the same same thing here, actually. Um, it, it is, I guess, to a certain extent, discretionary, although clearly most schools don't want to go. So we have Easter holidays coming up soon, um, which obviously gives them a bit of a two-week break, potentially, to do any cleaning or what have you. But then that's every school needs to be cleaned. So it's, an, it's a huge undertaking for anyone to sort of think about doing is cleaning a whole school and all the schools in that that brief period um but there has been rumors sort of banded around that they will close schools at some point which i mean i've got an 11 year old son who has his sats coming up soon and he was a little concerned about this he's really keen to do his exams his first exam um yet how that's how it's all going to work we just don't know and Clearly, the impact of closing schools isn't just on the children. You've got the parents who can't go to work because they're looking for caring for the kids. So it, the whole thought about closing schools has such a huge knock-on effect. And so I think that they're trying to delay it as long as possible, which completely makes sense. Um, and it has been reported in the past that sort of children are currently not 
as heavily affected as, as the elder generation. So you kind of can see why they're going to sort of delay the closing of schools for the foreseeable. But it may well happen. Well, there is, there is that. The only negative is that they can be carriers, can't they? So you, they may not they may not be affected. We said, we joked yesterday about it, everyone under the age of 10 is about to take over the world. <laughs> yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> but I think, you know, the, people can still be carriers. And that's that's my thing. Like, I, I wear a mask here and it's not because I'm paranoid. It's just that I might pick it up and not know it. Like, I think my immune system is pretty robust because I try and, you know, we eat healthily and we're active and all those kind of things. But you never know who you're going to infect without knowing it. And so it's probably more that for kids. Like, if they go home and they're with older people, like, are they passing something on that they didn't even know they had? So, Liz, what, I think what we should do is um, we're, we're probably hitting on half an hour now. Um, just as a last sort of question, um, I think for us both in terms of how this is going to affect us moving forward, what do you think is going to happen? Let's bring it back to our industry and the creative industry. How do you think uh, things are going to move forward from this point now? Well, I was thinking about and I was thinking about what people should probably take from us jumping onto this podcast to talk about creative and our industries and stuff like that is I was looking at pandemic brands because so obviously a lot of us um, work with branding or with services and things like that um, and what people have done in the past. And I think I personally see it longer term as really positive. I see it as a way to rebuild and rethink everything that we've come used to and take for granted. Um, but I do think, in fact, I joked to my mum the other day, she's always said like, oh, well, coming into Brexit isn't ideal, but it's about making Britain great again. Well, it's about every single country <laughs> getting great again, isn't it? It's about how do we, I think it's make, making everyone rethink what their values are on a longstanding point. But I just think initially there will be a lot of, of um outfall i think brands even some of the ones that we've known for a long time you know think about your big hitters the travel industry you touched on it there i think it's gonna a lot of companies are going to go bust i know that cathay pacific an airline that um i've actually got a flight booked on have already cancelled so many flights they're looking at going under so i think a lot of the brands that we've come become used to will probably they probably will die um, and that's really terrible to say and it will be sad to see if it does happen but there's also an opportunity for brands to show they're more about about more than making money i think people will be forced to think more locally there'll be more about community there'll be more in terms of startups and innovation and how how do we solve these problems i don't know the answers to all of them but i think it's exciting to think that we could because resilience resilience is something about humanity like we come together and we can be really resilient when we need to and how we come across and solve those problems versus the people who just lie down and take it will i think it opens so many doors but at the minute no one can see the doors because they're just stuck in this paralysis state but yeah travel travel culture and e economic are the big ones i think the travel industry will, will be massively hit from it um and and culturally it's sort of a ripple effect for even down to our level because we take we take inspiration from arts, museums, movies, TV shows. It's how that rebuilds will be interesting to see. Okay. I'm positive for it. I think the initial panic is not great, but I think it's forcing everyone to rethink things. So I'm really positive about it. I'm like you, Liz. I, I, I'm remaining completely positive. But what I do like is that the bigger companies are going to have to rethink and possibly adapt and possibly even streamline themselves in the way in which they do things. 
which will the offset of that will be there will be smaller companies uh, coming out who are providing a similar sort of service and hopefully a better more adaptive service and i'm just thinking in terms of big agencies design agencies the bigger bigger agencies are going to struggle they're going to start to see how they're going to have to rechange and rethink how they do things um, rethink their workforce and their workforce structure and it may well be that the smaller agencies um, actually start to become to the forefront now and start to have a bigger voice which I kind of like the idea of I love the smaller boutique agencies and they're the way in which they think and don't you think for like for so long we've been excited about seeing challenger brands in a food and beverage kind of space like we've spoken so many times and we've worked on so many of them and like this is new it's exciting for the industry it's different to what's there challenger brands ugly drinks all sorts of exciting people challenging the norm this is actually the chance for bigger businesses for the way of thinking to challenge the norm so user experience design or even just the way we've become used to the way the travel industry is set up the way entertainment is set up and we're going to have to rethink how that is and that can only be a good thing because we're excited by challenger brands this is like challenger thinking it is entirely so i think um it's not just the bigger companies it's the bigger agencies as well um and then of course i do think that the, the whole working from home uh concept is going to have to change and people are going to become more adept inept sorry at um, working from home because previously people have struggled to formulate the way in which they should work from home I mean we're well versed at it and have done it for many years if you like but there are some people who really struggle uh, the working from home concept and of course it's, it's also your environment Exactly. Traditionally, it's about, you know, you get to work from home on Fridays and it's easy. But and my heart goes out to anyone who's been forced to work at home that has all the, you know, some people don't have a space to work at home. Some people yeah. can't physically do the job that they do. <laughs> exactly. There's so many different barriers that must be in there. So, you know, like I'm, you and I are probably lucky in that we're used to it from that point of view. Um, and again, it's also difficult for a lot of people to switch off. And I know I'm probably a little bit guilty of that from work and home life and just kind of take time out because when you're forced to constantly be on, then you find it very difficult to take time out. Um, so I th- and if you're self-isolating, it's very difficult. Exactly. You're just trapped you don't know what else to do, do you? But I think, you know, there's, then there's challenges. Then there's some really good opportunities for people to develop ideas that go, this is a way to take time out at home. Can we develop, I don't know, meditation systems, yoga, whatever it is that you need to do to take time out. Is there a way that you can, like Apple have done it really well and they force you to set up sleep cycles on your phone. So where there's a problem or where there's a, this could be a challenge, not a problem, a challenge, there must be an innovative way to think and and solve it. And that's probably the exciting bit long term. But yeah, my heart goes out to anyone who's been forced to stay at home and self-isolate and and isn't set up to work that way or is challenged by, I mean, not all jobs can work from home either. Like what about people in the service industry that all these events that are being cancelled okay it's it's a really sad situation to be in but what comes from you know the phoenix from the flames i suppose is what what is this what what comes from this is the exciting part we just all have to get through this part and we have to not lose who we are in the process of it because it could lead to really exciting things i agree and i think most importantly is supporting one another i mean it sounds really cheesy and cliche but making sure you look after your neighbors and look after those around you i think from a from a creative industries point of view like collaborate talk to people let's not make each other feel isolated 
because of what we do, not go, oh, but they're a freelancer too and they're now my competition. Like, let's not work like that. We're really good at working together. We've all got different skills to bring to the table. Like, reach out to people. Like, if we can't go and join groups and things online, like, how can we share skills rather than it being a competition? Let's actually unite and work together to figure this all out. I know that you'll do that and I know that I'll do that and I know that a lot of people that we know will do that. So, fingers crossed, everyone could do it. Lace, this has been brilliant. Really, really good. I'm really pleased we did it because um, it's also going to make me think about today about how, um, what else I can do to sort of make, uh, adapt things accordingly and how I can sort of improve the working from home theory. And it would be really good to hear from anyone who has actually listened to this. Um, like, what's your situation? Like, how is it affecting you? Because, you know, we've taken our immediate we spoke yesterday, let's do a podcast, let's hop on, let's do a bit of research, find out what's affecting people around us and us. So we've not scoped it out on a bigger scheme. So if anyone's got, like, how is it affecting you? How do you think it's going to move forward? If any big agencies are listening and they're struggling and thinking, heck, what are we going to do about it? Like, it'd be nice to get some opinions from bigger businesses than us. Yeah. No, it's absolutely. So how, how can people do that, Lise? How can people get in contact if they need they to? They can. Obviously, space? get in touch with us on LinkedIn. You're Mark Gray and I'm Lisa Hastings. You can find me at um, lisahastings.me or um, Instagram at shoebox20. Or you can just link into the podcast. Fantastic. Lisa, thank you ever so much. And uh, fingers crossed this all gets sorted out as quickly as possible. We can get back into a nice bit of a rhythm. And fingers crossed those gyms stay open. Oh, look, it's all going to affect the trends work they've been doing as well because every trend that's been predicted is now about to be changed and shifted um, based <laughs> on this true. whole pandemic because no one saw it coming. So that will probably lead to a few more debates in the future as well. <laughs> Lisa, thank you ever so much once again and uh, have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.